Nobody said hit the button, stupid. Uh, so, <laughs> so here we are in chapter 2, and it says, Now the days of David drew nigh that he should die. And remember, he's only about 70 years old, uh, but a hard life, uh, uh, but a good life. Uh, and it says, David, uh, that his days drew nigh that he should die, and he charged Solomon his son. Uh, so he gave to him this charge, this uh, minister, this ministry, this, these uh, facts of what it was going to happen to him, the things that should happen for him uh, as he goes through his days. And he says, I go the way of all the earth. Uh, I go the way that everybody else is going to go through, uh, you and I included, and we can put our names in there. We're going to go the way of all the earth. Uh, but he says, be thou strong therefore and show thyself a man be thou strong uh be in that place where where you're you're a champion uh where you're watchful where you're hanging on to those things that god has for you to be obstinate almost in, in the way of just being so settled in what the lord has that you wouldn't go a different way uh david certainly could speak from experience so uh, and we as parents always want our kids to have a better life than we do. We always want them to have a better walk with the Lord than we do. Uh, and sometimes we're those examples for them uh, of what can happen if you don't walk in the right way. <laughs> uh, and he says, so fasten yourself upon those things that are right and true and show yourself to be a man. Uh, and it's amazing. We couldn't say that in today's churches, <laughs> uh, show yourself a person. Uh, just so sad uh, that uh, they would go that direction and just uh, not teach them the right things and in the right ways. And he says, and keep. Uh, so uh, be strong and keep. Be strong and keep. Not just uh, hold on to those things and be obstinate about those things, but then keep them. Garrison those things about uh, hedge those things about, uh, those prescribed ways that God has commanded, the, the justice, the witness, uh, the ordinances. Keep all those things, garrison those things about, and keep them as pure and right and true. Uh, keep the charge of the Lord thy God. And you're not going to find that out by, by reading secular magazines, by watching secular TV. You're going to keep those things and you're going to hold on to those things as you read them in the Word of God. They aren't going to be anywhere else but in the Word. So hold on to the Word of God. Uh, keep the charge of the Lord thy God uh, to walk in His ways. Uh, to walk. In act, it's an active verb. It's an activity that we should have in our lives to walk in His ways. Uh, and Lord, help us as we walk in your ways to go and then to keep those things that you have for us, uh, to walk in his ways, not to walk in the world's ways, but to walk in God's ways. We, we have a different path. We, we have a different direction, uh, but it's always going towards heaven. Uh, we're soldiers. We're uh, aliens in this land. Uh, we're pilgrims. We're sojourners. Uh, but we want to walk in God's ways, going in God's direction. It's amazing as you look uh, at Hebrews when you see that, that, that we're sojourners and pilgrims here. They were walking, they were active, but they were going in God's ways and not the world's ways because nobody in the world was going in that one direction that Christians are going. They're going in a different direction. Uh, and for us, we have to have that, that different direction. We can't 
partake of their directions because it's going in the wrong direction for you and I. And so in that sense, we're going to be separate from the things of the world. We're going to be separate and different in that way that would just show the world that we have a different direction, we have a different home that we're going to, uh, and this is the way we need to go because our God has, has already given us this path to go on, and he's leading us, he's teaching us as we go through these things. And so we, we, have, to teach, we have to have that path. No matter what anybody else does, Lord, this is the path that you've given me, and I need to go on this path. No matter what anybody else does, Lord, I, I need to go there. I, I need to be uh, in the household of God. I need to walk in the ways of God. And, and this is what my God has told me. And so, Lord, help me with that. It's a spirit-led uh, path that we need to be on, and it's also a spirit-given encouragement and strength that he gives us to walk on that path. And it's amazing when we lean on the Lord, uh, it isn't that we're going to be exempt from hard things. It isn't that we're going to be exempt from trials and tribulations because scripture tells us we're going to have trials. We're going to endure tribulations, but we walk with our God through those things. And he's the one that leads us. It's spirit led. Look at Jesus when he came. It says that the spirit led him into the wilderness to go through those trials, those hard times. And if Jesus is going to go through those hard times, then you and I are going to go through those hard times. It's just a given thing that's going to happen. Uh, and it's not to hurt us, it's to bring us, up, bring us out in a better way, in a better place, with a better heart. Uh, and so he, he, he says, Keep the charge of the Lord your God, walk in his ways to keep his statutes and his commandments and his judgments. Uh, and his testimonies, as it's written in the law of Moses. It's almost like Psalm 119, just condensed into a verse. Just <laughs> walk in those ways, keep those statutes, keep the commandments, keep his judgments, keep his testimonies, uh, not because we have to, but because it's good for us. And so many people want to tell us that, that we're bound up by having to do things. We're not bound up, we're free. We free to, we're free to do those things. And we're free to stay away from sin. <laughs> uh, and that's what God does for us. I don't have to sin anymore. I don't have to go out and do those things that the world does anymore. And they say, well, it, it's, too, it's too strict. It's too narrow. Right. Because <laughs> we're on a narrow road. <laughs> we don't need the broad road. Because where does it lead? It leads to destruction. The narrow way leads to life eternal, and that's what we want. Lord, I want your life. I want that eternal life. And, and help me to experience it while I'm on my way to get there. Help me, Lord, to stay on that narrow path, because that path is going to teach us. That path is going to show us where we need to go next and, and how we need to go. Uh, so Solomon, do that. And we know, isn't it sad that... Sometimes it's great because we have the whole book. Sometimes it's hard because we know what Solomon's going to do. And it's, and it's discouraging sometimes. But just because Solomon failed doesn't mean we have to. Doesn't mean that we're going to want to. Well, if Solomon failed and got away with it, then we can too. No, that's, that's not the heart behind it. The heart behind it is to do better than Solomon. And it's strange that he's the wisest man in the world and yet he wasn't wise enough to keep himself. 
<laughs> because as he walked away from all those things that, that David is telling him to do, that David is showing him that that's going to be the best way for him, he walks away from those things. And Lord, help us not to walk away from those things. In the flesh, we're going to. But in the spirit, we're not going to. Because the spirit is never going to lead us into a place that's going to be destructive for us. Destructive as far as our relationship with the Lord. It may be destructive for us in the sense of, of trials and tribulations, but it's not going to be destructive for us in the sense of a spiritual walk with our God. The spirit is never going to do that. He's never going to say, hey, go this way so that I can beat up on you. <laughs> that's, that's the enemy's ways. The Lord's ways are always there to bring us peace, to bring us righteousness, to bring us holiness, and to bring us truth. That's what God always does. It isn't going to come by church meeting. It's going to come by a relationship with the Lord. And so, Lord, help us to have those ways. Uh, to walk in his ways, to keep his statutes, his commandments, his judgments, his testimonies, as it's written in the law of Moses, that thou mayest prosper in all that you do, and whithersoever thou turnest thyself. So this active faith that, that he wants his son to have, that he wants his son to walk into, uh, just so amazing. And he says that, uh, because of all of that, that the Lord may continue his word which he spake concerning me, saying, If your children take heed to their way to walk before me in truth with all their heart and with all their soul, there shall not fail thee, said he, a man on the throne of Israel. Uh, that If this is going to continue, that you're going to see your, your uh, children and your children's children come to that place of being on the throne, and we see it for a season, and then it falters, doesn't it? And how sad it is, because God's ways, he tells us what's going to happen. And yet we still end up going that direction. <laughs> Amazing to me uh, that, that we would do that. But isn't it a truth that we do? And Lord, if you don't keep me, I'm not kept. Nothing else can keep me like you can keep me. Nothing else can sustain me and hold me and, and give me all that I need but you. So, Lord, if you're the one that's going to keep me, then, Lord, help me to stay in your word. Help me to be kept by you. Help me to make myself available for you to keep me and not walk in those other ways where, where your keeping is not going to be. Mm. That the Lord may continue his word, which he spake concerning me. If they do that, there's not going to fail to be a man on the throne of Israel. So in verse 5, he says, Moreover, thou knowest also what Joab, the son of Zeruiah, did to me, and what he did to the two captains of the hosts of Israel. Uh, uh, as he starts now to uh, minister to Solomon, uh, in that way of, of Solomon, you be careful. I wasn't careful, and this was what happened to me, and there's still some remnant of that that's going on. And so be careful. In, it doesn't have to always be a name, even though we're going to look at some names that he mentions. It, it could be attitudes that he could be talking about here, which is what Joab and Shemei and, and the others had. The attitudes and the tendencies. He's really warning Solomon to stay away from those things. 
uh, and to minister in that way that would just destroy those attitudes, destroy those thoughts, and destroy those things that would take him out. And so Solomon, be careful. Solomon, help. What a heart David has. And remember, he's, he's in that place. He's going to be going home soon. He, he's going to die. Uh, but just ministering to his son, son, I want more for you and more out of you because you can walk with the Lord better than I did. That's a, that's a father's heart. That's a shepherd's heart. That's a wonderful way to go. Uh, is he ministers in that place to, to be... You know what, what Joab, the son of Zeruiah, did to me and what he did to the two captains uh, of the host of Israel, unto Abner and unto Amasa, uh, whom he slew. He slew them uh, because they, he, they were a threat to him. <laughs> and for you and I, as those things come and, and these things become a threat to us, uh, in, instead of enjoying them and enjoying their presence and enjoying what they were going to do because David accepted them, David had them there, uh, he slew them so that he could keep his position. And really this is an attitude that says, don't be so careful about your position that you slay people so that you can keep your place. Because God is always going to have something else for us to do. If he closes one door, he's going to open another, right? He's going to give us that place. If somebody wants to take our place, he says, hey, let them have it because I'm going to give you something different, but it's going to be better for you and it's going to be good for you. You don't have to kill them just so you can keep your position. You let it go and you let God take care of you in the midst and minister to you and show you what's next. Uh, but Joab couldn't do that. <clears throat> And so he slew them. And, and for us, certainly looking at it, it is just an attitude of a heart towards people around us who uh, might want to take our place and to do the things that we have and to just let it go and let God lead us and let God take care of them. Uh, but instead, sometimes we take things into our own hands and this is what I'm going to do instead of this is what God is going to do. So he mentions these two captains that, that he slew, Abner and Amasa, and it says that he shed the blood of war in peace uh, and put the blood of war upon his girdle that was about his loins and in his shoes that were on his feet. The way he was walking was he was destroying the things that God was going to do in the kingdom. He was destroying those things. And you can't destroy what God is going to do just to have your own way and still maintain a relationship with the Lord. It just doesn't work. There's going to come a place where we pay for those things, and we're going to see Joab is going to pay for those things. But boy, we, we, Solomon, I, I don't want that to happen to you. So Solomon, destroy that attitude. Destroy that place where, where that's going to have an effect on you. And for you and I, as we sit before the Lord and meditate on his word, Lord, as those things come into my life, help me to ha not to hold on to things that I have here on this earth, but to be very sure that I hold on to the things that I have heavenward. Help me to be very sure about holding on to those things and letting go of the things that are here because if God is going to take me out and do something, then that's okay. But Lord, show me what's next. Show me what's next. It's interesting. <laughs> uh, yesterday, I uh, got a call from Steve and Tina Same. I don't know if any of you know them, but they're, they're missionaries in, in England. 
uh, and they've been around the area for years and years. Uh, they've been in England for a long time, but they raised their whole family there. Uh, but they're back in the States uh, before they go back to England, and they're just visiting churches and just uh, seeing people that they used to know. And uh, they called me, and uh, I was talking to, to Tina, uh, and uh, she asked where I was now, and I told her because they, they knew I wasn't in Rochester anymore. I was somewhere else, and so they were asking. And I told them where I was, and, and they wanted to come visit, and they're going to come visit in April. They're going to be in, in Rochester in April, so if you get a chance, go see him. Uh, it's great. He's a cowboy in London. It just <laughs> wears this big cowboy hat and chaps and uh, got the name of Jesus all the way down. And when he goes to the Speaker's Corner in England in Hyde Park, uh, he goes and stands on the ladder and preaches Jesus. Uh, in an area where there's less than 1% Christians now, where it used to be the Bible Belt uh, of Europe, right? And now less than 1% Christian. Just a lot of junk going on. But here he is in that place, and he rides through the subways and does all the trolleys with his big cowboy hat and his, his chaps and his Jesus down the side of his pants and just gets up on a ladder and starts talking about Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and he does it every week that, that when he's there. Uh, but just just so sweet. But uh, when I was talking with Tina and, and I was telling her where I was, she goes, "Well, how old are you now?" <laughs> and I and I told her, and she goes, "Wow." <laughs> but when God closes a door and He opens another door, we need to be faithful to walk into it. It doesn't matter the age doesn't matter where we've been and what's been going on, but if we're walking with him and the Lord puts something before us, go for it. Don't hesitate, but make sure it's God. Don't make sure it's your own emotions to have something or your own feelings to have something. Get rid of the Joabs. Get rid of the Shimeis, those conditions of the heart that would take you out and, and cause you to sin. Get rid of those things and just let God minister to you. And when he takes you out of a position and he opens the door for another one, go for it. Let God change. Let God change you and change your heart. I'm too old to do this. No, you're not. If you're breathing, you're doing. If you're walking, then walk in it. Oh, Lord. But I don't walk like I used to, Lord. <laughs> he goes, that's okay. If you walk slower, I'll walk slower with you. <laughs> but I'll be with you. And so get rid of those Joabs. Get rid of those things. Uh, he, he killed these people, and he did it in a time of peace and not of war, and he did it just so that he could keep something. He says, don't hold on to it. Let it go. Solomon, let it go. And for you and I, we can put our names there. And so what is this condition that's around me that's going to cause me to hold on to it more than I hold on to Jesus? I want my name to be General Joab. He says, you don't need to be General Joab. You need to be my child. You need to be my minister. You need to be my steward. You need to be faithful in it. <laughs> he says, do therefore according, in verse 6, to thy wisdom and let not his whore head go down to the grave in peace. <laughs> he says, you want to kill this thing. Solomon. We look at it and go, you're just going to have him kill a man? But it isn't just a man, it's a condition. 
It's an attitude that we need to get rid of. It says, do therefore according to thy wisdom and, and don't let his whore head go down to the grave in peace, but show kindness unto the sons of Berzalai, uh, this man from Gilead who was faithful to David, who helped David, who ministered to David, uh, and David was, was so fond of that relationship. It was a man who showed kindness to him and, and encouraged him. Hold on to those things, Solomon. Hold on to the ones that are going to be encouragers. Don't be holding on to those things that are going to drag you down. Be, be faithful to hold on to those things that are going to build you up and to encourage. Oh. Show kindness to him and let them that be of those that eat at thy table. And so they came to me because they came to me when I fled because of Absalom, thy brother. He came to me and ministered to me in a hard time in my life. And those things from the Lord that come to you at hard times in your life, hold on to those things. And he says, show kindness to them. Oh, show kindness to those that do that. It wasn't that he was anything special. It wasn't that he was anything that was different, but he showed kindness. And he says, show kindness back. And Lord, help my heart to do that. Not just to grab it, and run and say, hey, thanks for the blessing, see you later, goodbye, and never do anything about it, but hold on to it as a fond memory that God met me there in this ministry through this man who was a Gileadite, Barzillai. I mean, what a name. <laughs> hold on to that and show kindness to him. And, and just uh, Solomon do that and just minister to him as, as he comes to you. And behold, you, you have with thee Shimei, the son of Gera, a Benjamite of Behurim, uh, which cursed me with a grievous curse in the day when I went down to Mahanaim. Uh, and he came to meet me at the Jordan, and I swear to him by the Lord, saying, I will not put thee to death with the sword, but Solomon, you don't have that oath. <laughs> now therefore hold him not guiltless, for thou art a wise man, and knowest what thou ought to do to him, but his whorehead bring thou down to the grave with blood. Take care of this and get rid of this out of your life. I held on to it. He said, if this may be from the Lord. Remember when he was throwing rocks at him and Abishai said to David, hey, why don't, let me go and let me just take his head off with one swipe. I, I won't do it twice. I'll just do it once. <laughs> he says, no, this may be from the Lord. And when he finds out it wasn't from the Lord, he says, Solomon, you make sure that doesn't come into your life. Don't that make the same mistake that I made, but get rid of it out of your life so that you don't have that, that distraction, so that you don't have coming against you. Solomon, you walk in righteousness and truth and take care of this. And so David slept with his fathers. Isn't it interesting that when the Lord talks about Christians, he talks to them about sleeping. They don't die, they sleep. <laughs> we just go to sleep, wake up on the other side. To be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. David sleeps with his fathers, he's with the Lord. And the days that David reigned over Israel were 40 years. Uh, so remember, he started his ministry when he was 30, and now he, he's reigning uh, 40 years. Seven years reigned he in Hebron, and 30 and three years reigned he in Jerusalem. 
Hey, boy, it just seemed like he was more years running in the desert, doesn't it, than he was reigning? But here he is in that place where uh, he's older now. He's remembering what the Lord has done. He's remembering how faithful God has been to him in spite of his failures, in spite of those things that he did wrong. God was still faithful to him. Uh, but I'm, I'm sure he regrets those times that he, he, he fell with Bathsheba 16 months before the, he, he and the Lord got things back together. Those times that he was uh, uh, in Ziglag, uh, 12 months there w without doing anything with the Lord, no prayers, no fellowship, regretting those times. Solomon, I don't want that to happen to you. Remember and stay steady in your walk with, with me. And then sat Solomon on the throne of David his father, and his kingdom was established greatly. God establishing his kingdom. Notice he's not establishing Adonijah's kingdom. He's establishing Solomon's because Solomon is the one. The Lord told David, Solomon is going to reign on your throne. He never said Adonijah was. Adonijah had it in his heart to go after it. <clears throat> And so we see Adonijah again. Remember, Solomon has let Adonijah go. He says, just go back to your place and just behave and everything's going to be kosher. <laughs> so Adonijah, the son of Haggith, uh, one of David's other wives, came to Bathsheba, the mother of Solomon. Uh, and she says, comest thou pe peaceably? <laughs> are you coming here in peace or are you going to kill me? <laughs> She's looking, there, there's a check in her spirit. Why are you coming to me? Mm. Why are you coming to me? And he said, I'm coming peaceably. Oh, I come with great peace. And aren't people going to do that to you and I? Why are you coming to me? Why aren't you going where, where you were? Well, because I really love the way that you teach. I really love the way that you are more than I love that. Really? <laughs> There's a check. If there's a check in your spirit, you don't have to act on it right away, but watch it and see what God tells you. And she does. Uh, she's going to minister in that place. And I think she already knows, and some of the other commentators uh, believe that too. But uh, if you don't, that's okay. It isn't, doesn't matter with salvation, but... What, what goes on here is what we need to look at now. And he said, Moreover, I have somewhat to say unto you. And she said, Say on. And he said, Thou knowest that the kingdom was mine. That should be clue number one. <laughs> it was my kingdom. <laughs> and Solomon stole it from me. I was the elder. <laughs> but God didn't give it to you. God gave it to Solomon. Don't be jealous. And we can look at that in a bunch of different ways, but the way that we're going through this right now is your own heart. Are you so set on something that you have to have it? That you say, somebody stole it from me and it's mine. That's just going to lead to bitterness in your life. Get rid of it, let it go. Let God lead you. He can take care of the bitterness. He can take care of the person that's there. He can take care of those things. Let your heart not be bitter or angry about something that's gone on in the past. It was mine. He's telling Bathsheba this. The mother of Solomon. Who's her heart going to be for? Her baby Solomon. 
<laughs> this is my kid. Oh. You know that the kingdom was mine and that all of Israel had set their faces on me. There's a little exaggeration going on here. Not all of Israel did because Zadok and Benaniah and all these other people that, that were still with David, the mighty men that were still with him were with David and with Solomon. They never went with Adonijah. He never asked him. And yet, what does he say? All of Israel was set their faces for me and they wanted me to be king. He's a little puffed up in his own mind. <laughs> he was a little vain in his own mind. And if you look up vanity in scripture, as you look it up in the concordance, it means that he was full of hot air. That's what vanity is. You're just full of hot air. And we know vain people. We see them in the world. And you know what God says about them? They're full of hot air. Let them go. Because one poke, and they're just going <laughs> to... And they're going to be gone. And it happens, doesn't it? They're so vain, and they're so filled up with themselves that one poke from something else, and all of a sudden, you never hear about them again. It's because they're just full of hot air. And God's just going to let it go by the wayside. You don't have to be like them. You don't have to act like them. Just let them go. Ugh. Get them out of your life. And here's this man. He said, all of Israel, he's lying. <laughs> um, set their face. He didn't even invite Bathsheba, did he? Hmm. You didn't come to my coronation. <laughs> it's because you didn't invite me. Hello. And yet he wants something from her. And the world is always going to come to those that are in the forefront and say, I want something from you, but they're not going to tell you that. They're just going to say, oh, you're so wonderful. Can I talk with you? I'm coming in peace. I'm coming peaceably. No, you're not. You're coming with an agenda. Mm. But we love to hear peace, peace, don't we? Even in Scripture, when, when you hear peace, peace, no flee <laughs> get out of there because <laughs> there's going to be no peace till the prince of peace comes and then you know, you're going to know what real peace is but get out of town how be it uh they they set their all all their faces towards me that i should reign how be it the kingdom is turned about and it's become my brothers for for it was his from the lord look at what he says he says the truth but he says it's mine Wait a second, you can't have a lie and the truth in the same sentence and have it make sense. It doesn't make sense. You can't say it was yours if God says it was his. <laughs> oh. And now I ask one petition of you, deny me not. And she said unto him, say on. And he said, speak, I pray thee unto Solomon the king, for he will not say thee nay, <laughs> that he give me Abishag the Shumanite to wife. Uh, have, have her give me this woman so that I could have her as my wife. Sounds kind of benign until you realize who, what was going on. This, this woman that was brought in to keep David warm, we saw it in the first chapter, uh, really became his concubine. He never had relations with her, but, but she was given to David for a purpose and a reason. And Adon, Adonijah wants her to become his. And, and what would happen 
to the concubines that were left in the kingdom as the others would leave town. Remember what happened with David's concubines that he left behind? Uh, Absalom came into Jerusalem and he went up into the rooftop and had relations with them and they became his. What was he doing? He was taking over the kingdom. And that was one of the acts that a new king would do was that he would establish his kingdom by doing that. And what's Adonijah trying to do? He's trying to establish himself back in the kingdom. Even though Solomon is king, he knows it's from the Lord. And what's he doing? He's against the Lord. <laughs> you know he's not going to last <laughs> because he's against the Lord and against the Lord's ways. But that's what would go on. And so he asked for her hand. And Bathsheba said, well, I'll speak for the unto the king. And Bathsheba therefore went unto King Solomon. And I really believe she goes to him to tell him what was going on with Adonijah. Where his heart was. It doesn't say it in scripture, so this is thus saith Billy. It has nothing to do with thus saith the Lord. So if you don't want to pay attention to it, fine. That's good. <laughs> we'll find out when we get to heaven. Uh, I don't think it's one of the questions we're going to ask in heaven. I think we're going to be too busy just worshiping. Uh, it's just going to be great. So she said, I'll speak to the king. And Bathsheba therefore went unto King Solomon uh, to speak unto him for Adonijah. And the king rose up to meet her and bowed himself unto her. And she sat down on his throne and caused a seat to be set for the king's mother. And she sat on his right hand. Remember, the right hand is a place of, of favor. Uh, on the right hand of the king is always that place of favor. And what hand, what side uh, of Jesus are we on when we come into the kingdom? Right hand. <laughs> Those that are on the left are the goats. Where do the goats go? You don't want to know. Uh, okay. Uh, and so then she said, I desire one small petition of you. <laughs> I pray thee, say me not nay. And the king said unto her, Ask on my mother, for I will not say nay. Uh, and she said, Let Abishag, the Shunammite, uh, be given to Adonijah, thy brother, to wife. And King Solomon answered and said unto his mother, And why dost thou ask Abishag for the Shunammite for Adonijah? Ask for him the kingdom also. He sees through it. He sees what's going on. He really wants to be the king. And he's going to do anything that he can to be the king, whether it's by hook or by crook as we say. I don't know what that meant, but hook by crook, whatever. Uh, for he is mine elder brother, even for him and for Abiathar the priest and for Joab the son of Zeruiah. So look, so he, get, he gathers together all these men that were against him, all these men that were against his kingdom, his kingship. These are the ones that he's associating with. These are the ones he wants to be with him. And, and he says, nah, this ain't going to happen. <laughs> And isn't it great that even family relations, we need to be able to say yes or be able to say no. And that's hard, isn't it? Because family relations are the hardest things for us. Ugh. But those are the ones that we need to take the most care for because it was for Bathsheba's own good that he was going to say no. And for our families, we need to be able to say no because it's going to be the best thing for them, that they're going to see that there's a difference, that there's an anointing, and there's a place where there's no anointing. 
in the place where there's no anointing was Joab and Abiathar and Adonijah. Mm. And when you give them that option, this is the way it's going to be, then it's back in their court and they have to either do something with the Lord about it or to get bitter about it and to hang on to bitterness and wrong thinking and it's going to lead to their destruction. And we can't do anything about it. We can't feel so sorry for them that we allow something bad to happen so that they can be content, so that they can have what they want. you got to be able to say no sometimes. Ugh. And that's hard. Had people in churches come up to us and, and say that they wanted to be elders in the church. And I've seen pastors say, ain't going to happen because they had to say no, because they knew it was wrong. It's just like, ooh. Because, <laughs> you, you know, you almost cringe when, when you say that, because you realize that it could, could cause their destruction. But if you allow it to happen, mm, you know, it's harder to get rid of somebody in a place of authority in a church than it is to let them in. When you try and get them out, what does it cause? Church division, church discontentment. All those things happen because you said yes to something that you shouldn't have said yes to. Oh. <laughs> hard, hard things, but we go with it with our family too. And so Solomon answers her, oh boy. Solomon answers and said unto his mother, why do you ask for Abishag? Uh, for ask for the kingdom, for he is my elder brother, even ask for Abiathar and for Joab. And then King Solomon swore by the Lord, saying, God, do so to me, and more also, if Adonijah have not spoken this word against his own life. And so really, he's spoken death to his own life because of what he wanted. It was going to kill him. And you know what? That can happen to us spiritually too. If we want to hold on to something that we think should be ours when, it, when God says it's somebody else's and we hang on to it, it, it's going to lead to our death spiritually if we hang on to it and keep holding on to it. God, help me to keep a light touch on the things of this world and let them go. <laughs> uh, because now we're going to see Adonijah die. And we see it in a physical sense. We can see it in our own lives in a spiritual sense. So be careful of those Ad Adonijah things and those Joab things that come into your life that you don't get rid of because they can kill you. They can ruin your, your ministry. They can ruin your, your life spiritually if you hold on to them and keep them. Now therefore as the Lord liveth, verse 24, which hath established me, and set me on the throne of David my father, and who hath made me a house, as he promised, Adonijah shall be put to death this day. And King Solomon sent by the hand of Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, and he fell on him so that he died. Ugh. And we have to kill those things that are in our life, and those people that are around us, that serve us. Uh, we have to let those things go and, and let those things uh, fall by the wayside. And under, in verse 26, and unto Abiathar the priest said the king. So this starts Solomon on a roll here. <laughs> He's going to get rid of everything that, that shouldn't be in the kingdom. Uh, and he said unto Abiathar the priest, uh, uh, 
said the king, get thee to Anathoth uh, under thine own fields, for thou art worthy of death. But I will not at this time put thee to death, because thou bearest the ark of the Lord God before David my father, and because you have been uh, afflicted in all that where my David my father uh, had, was afflicted. So we see this picture of what's going on. But back, a good cross-reference for you is First Samuel 2. Uh, and I'll just go there and read it. First uh, Samuel 2, uh, verse, starting at verse 31. Uh, remember, Samuel is here. He's ministering before Eli. And he says, Behold, the days come that I will cut off thine arm and the arm of thy father's house that there shall not be an old man in thy house, and thou shalt see an enemy in my habitation in all the wealth which God shall give Israel, and there shall not be an old man in thy house forever. And the man of thine whom I shall not cut off from my altar shall be to consume thine eyes and grieve that to thy heart, and all the increase of thy house shall die in the flower of their age. And this shall be a sign to you that that shall come upon thy two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, and one day they both shall die, and I will raise up for me a faithful priest that shall do according to all that is in my heart and in my mind, and I will build him a sure house, and he will walk before me forever, anointed forever. Uh, and, and so Abiathar comes from this tribe that Eli was part of. It was part of his family. And he was one of the last ones to come. And he served David, but he shouldn't have been there. He was supposed to die. And so now Solomon get, getting rid of this. And isn't it strange that even in these places, we need to get something out of our lives spiritually that shouldn't be there. And we think, well, if he's in the church, he's got to be good. I mean, if he's been a member of the church for a long time, he's served dead and he's done this. And the Lord says, this should not be in the house. We go, oh boy. Lord, what have I got in my house that's been there for a long time that shouldn't be there? Lord, is there anything in my life that I've kept there because it seemed godly, because it seemed like the right thing to do that I should get rid of? And we really need to ask ourselves those questions. Lord, what do I need to get out of my house spiritually that's going to cause destruction to me if I leave it there? If you've already pronounced judgment on it, why is it that I've still left it here? And Lord, do I get, when do I get rid of it? He says, now. <laughs> oh, that quickly, huh? Yeah. If you want your kingdom established, if you want your ways established before the Lord, then we need to know, do what God says. And sometimes that means death of a ministry, death of a position, because that's how important it is to God. And why would we want to hold on to it? Lord, if this isn't the ministry for me, then, then what should I do? He says, it's time to get out. It's time to kill it before it hurts you. It's going to cause grief to you if it stays. Oh, and those are hard things. But we look at those spiritually and say they're the better things for us. Lord, help me to get rid of anything and everything that's going to cause grief to me later on. Whether it's relationships, whether it's a ministry, whether it's something we want to hold on to because it makes us feel important or feel good, doesn't matter. Get rid of it. 
He's not going to go against his word. He's not going to go against what we have as, as far as our life in him that he's given us. But it could be things in our life that we're trying to hold on to again that he doesn't want for us. Uh, so Solomon uh, here says, <laughs> uh, get out of town, go back to your own place. Uh, I'm not at this time going to put you to death, but it's going to come to pass. <laughs> but I want you out of this place uh, of uh, leadership. I want you out of this place uh, where, where you need to be out of because you're doing it the wrong way and doing it the wrong, wrong time. So Solomon thrust out Abiathar, verse 27, from being priest unto the Lord, that he might fulfill the word of the Lord. It's always going to be based on the word of the Lord and what the word of the Lord says, uh, which he spoke concerning the house of Eli and Shiloh. Uh, and just because it took a long time doesn't mean that God doesn't want it done. Mm. Just because it takes a long time doesn't mean it's okay now where it wasn't before. If God says it's wrong, it's still wrong now, even though it's still around after a long time. It's still wrong. We still need to get rid of it. And so then the tidings came to Joab <laughs> as he realized, wait a second, <laughs> everybody around me is dying. I, I think I'm in trouble here. Uh, for Joab had turned after Adonijah, though he had turned not after Absalom. He did one thing right, but he didn't do another thing right. His heart was still in that wrong place, and it needed to be taken care of. Uh, even though it was good once upon a time, it's not good now. And so we need to take care of it. So Joab flees under the tabernacle of the Lord and caught hold on the horns of the altar. This place in the temple, the, this place uh, where the mercy seat was, where the the holy tabernacle was, he goes in and grabs a hold of the church and says, the church will protect me. You know what? The church shouldn't protect something that's wrong. Ooh. And yet, how many times do we want to grab a hold of something and, and say the church will protect me when the church is the place where we should get rid of it? Ugh. Rough places that we're going to here, but, but good places for you and I spiritually that we need to do these things. So the tidings come to Joab. He goes to the tabernacle, grabs hold of the horns of the altar. And it was told King Solomon uh, that Joab was fled into the tabernacle of the Lord. And behold, he is by the altar. And jo uh, Solomon sent Benaniah, the son of Jehoiada, saying, Go fall on him. <laughs> and Benaniah came to the tabernacle of the Lord and said unto him, Thus saith the king, Come forth. <laughs> and he goes, Nah, ain't going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> some things are hard to get rid of they're stubborn in our lives they're stubborn you say no I'm, I'm not going to get out of your life I'm going to keep reappearing to you I'm going to keep coming back to you and you look at some people that are using drugs and some people that are using alcohol and those things are hard to get rid of aren't they and we see it in the physical sense, but what about the spiritual sense? Are there things in our lives that are hard to get rid of? And we think, well, if I just leave it around, it'll be okay. And God says, no. Well, it, it ran into the tabernacle. It ran into the, the hardest place in the heart, the closest place to the Lord in the heart. And he says, you still got to fall on it and get rid of it. 
And a Christian's life isn't easy, but it's always good if we're walking in the right ways. And he says, this is in your life. I need you to kill it. But it's so close to my heart. Still need to get rid of it. Oh. But it used to do good for me. It, beat, it won some battles for me. But it's not good. It's not right. Oh. That's why we need to be open to the things of the Lord. Lord, this is your saying, so then this is what I'm going to do. So he comes in and he says, come forth. And he said, nah, I, I, I'll die here. And Benaniah brought the, the king word again. So he sees Benaniah leave and he goes, probably going, hey, this is okay. I can hang out here for a while till things calm down and I'll be all right. <laughs> Benaniah goes back to, to Solomon <laughs> and said, this is what Joab said to me. And the king said unto him, do as he says, go fall on him. <laughs> do it there. Get rid of it. No matter how close it is to the heart and things of the Lord, get rid of it. And sometimes those hard places in the church, that church discipline that we have to do, is hard. And sometimes those things in our lives that are closest to our heart and seemingly brought us to that place of walking with the Lord are sometimes things that we got to get rid of. Remember, when, when I got saved, I got saved out of the Good News Bible, <laughs> of all things. <laughs> Love that Bible. I could understand it. it. It brought me to the things of the Lord and brought me to a place of walking with the Lord. But now I, I wouldn't give it to anybody because of the translation of it. Some of those things are just not there. But God can use any version to get people there. But now give them the meat. Give them the truth. You don't have to give them things that, that work for you for a moment. If they're not good, if they're not truthful in all their ways, then then we need to get rid of it. Oh. And sometimes that hard, but, but Lord, it, it's, I got saved there, but it's not good for you. It's not making you grow. It's not bringing to, you to a place of fruition. It's just bringing you to a place of ease and comfort instead of a place of confrontation with your own self. You need to get rid of it. Oh, Lord. <laughs> so, Benaniah, uh, uh, comes back in, in in verse 31 he says do as he said and fall upon him and bury him that you may take away the innocent blood which Joab's shed from me and from the house of my father and the Lord shall return his blood upon his own head who fell upon two men more righteous and better than he and slew them with a sword my father David would not knowing thereof to wit Abner, the son of Ner, the captain of the host of Israel, and Amasa, the son of Jether, uh, captain of the host of Judah. Their blood shall therefore return upon the head of Joab and upon the head of his seed forever. But upon David and upon his seed and upon his house and upon his throne, there shall be peace forever from the Lord. So Benaniah, the son of Jehoiada, went up and fell upon him and slew him, and he was buried in his own house in the wilderness. And the king put Benaniah, the son of Jehoiada, in his room over his host. And Zadok, the priest, did the king put in the room of Abiathar. In other words, they took their places. Uh, he put others in those places, faithful men who he knew were faithful. Uh, and then we come to Shemei, the last one that he had mentioned. And the king sent and called for Shemei and said unto him, Build thee a house in Jerusalem and dwell there and go not forth thence any whither. 
In other words, stay in your house and don't get out of town. Uh, for it shall be that on the day that you go out and pass over the brook Kidron, that, that place where, where death was going to come, that place <laughs> where all the stuff was thrown out, don't go over there. You shall know for certain that thou shalt surely die, and your blood shall be upon your own head. Gives them an opportunity to live, but to live rightly and, and to do what was right. Uh, but in the heart of a man, if, we're, if we want those things that are wrong, there's going to come a time that it's going to be wrong in our lives again. And for Shimei, we see it. We can be good for a while, and then after a while, we're going to revert back to it. And that's what Shimei does. He didn't have a heart for Solomon. He didn't let his heart be changed for Solomon to do what he said, to do what the Lord said to him. It was going to come back out. And it took him three years before he did it. But it, just think, three years of festering in his heart, it was still there. And because it went so long, he said, oh, I must be good by now, so I'll just do what I want to do anyway. Folks, we can never do what's wrong just because it's been a while since things have happened. If it's wrong, it's still wrong. <laughs> Time doesn't make it right. It's still wrong. Ugh. Lord, help us. And Shimei said unto the king, the saying is good, as my lord the king has said. So it's better than dying, so I'll, I'll stay in my house. <laughs> so will thy servant do. I'll be your servant even even though he didn't mean it. Isn't it sad? We'll, 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 yeah, we're a liar again. And Shimei dwelt in Jerusalem many days. <laughs> and it came to pass that at the end of three years <laughs> that two of the servants of Shimei ran away unto Achish, the son of Maacah, king of Gath. And they told Shimei, saying, Behold, your servants are in Gath. And Shimei arose and saddled his ass and went to Gath to Achish to seek his servants and Shimei went and brought his servants from Gath. And it was told Solomon that Shimei had gone from Jerusalem to Gath and was come again. And the king sent and called for Shimei and said, Did I not make you swear by the Lord? And protested unto thee, saying, Know for certain that on the day that you go out and walk abroad anywhere whither, that you shall surely die. And you said unto me, The word that I have heard is good. Why then? Hast thou not kept the oath of the Lord? Why now did you let it come out? And the Lord sometimes looks at us and says that to us, doesn't he? Why, when you know my word, did you still want to do that which was wrong? Did you think just because there was a season that it was okay now? Or because it took a while? If it's against God's word once, it's going to be against God's word forever. Ugh. Why haven't you kept the oath of the Lord and the commandment that I have charged you with? And the king said, Moreover to Shimei, thou knowest all the wickedness which thy heart is privy to. You know the wickedness that's in your heart. He doesn't say the wicked thing that you've done. He says the wickedness of your heart. Ugh. And doesn't the Lord say that to you and I sometimes? I know sitting before him, uh, he, he says, doesn't the Lord know the wickedness of your heart, Billy? Oh, yeah, he does. Lord, helping that to come out. Keep it under, Lord. In fact, get rid of it out of me so that I never want it. 
You know all the wickedness that's in your heart is privy to, that you did to David, my father. Therefore the Lord shall return thy wickedness upon thine own head, and King Solomon shall be blessed, and the throne of David shall be established before the Lord forever. So the king commanded Benaniah, uh, this poor guy, he had to go around killing everything, uh, went out and fell upon him, and he died, and the kingdom was established in the hand of Solomon. Uh, and as the Lord ministers to you and I and, and tells us those things that are in our hearts, that are in our lives, that are wrong, and uh, he says, put them away and put them away forever. Uh, and then he comes and he says, hey, there's some wickedness in your heart. You go, oh, no, nah, can't be there. Uh, it was sad. We were driving to church last night, <laughs> and there was a guy behind me, and uh, I'm doing five miles over the speed limit. I was trying to be halfway decent. <laughs> it was still wrong. <laughs> but this guy comes up, and we're on the expressway. There's three lanes, and this guy comes up behind me and flashes his lights because I wasn't going faster. And so he goes around, and when he goes around, he beeps at me. And it was just like, rawr! <laughs> And then I had to repent and pray for him. It was just like, ah, man, Lord, come on, this is this should be gone by now. <laughs> Poor guy probably going to a hospital because his wife's hurt or something, but he's going the wrong way to the hospital, but hey. <laughs> I had to find something there. But just amazing, the wickedness of your heart, Billy. Oh, oh Lord, help us, huh? <laughs> but God is good. And, and isn't it good that he points out these things? Oh, Lord, thank you. Because he didn't have to. He could have just smoked us because we did something wrong. You should have known better. If you're led by my spirit and you're walking in truth and the Prince of Peace is in your heart, then you shouldn't have done that. Even though I didn't tell you, you shouldn't have done it. But he's faithful to tell us. And then we still do it. And you know what? There's still forgiveness with God as we ask him. Were you slowly and fast? I was in the middle lane. So what are you getting upset about? All you have to do is... Yeah, but I, I can't justify myself either because out of my heart a torpedo went from my car and just blew his car up to smithereens. So. <laughs> I had to repent for my heart. <laughs> and who knows, maybe that was the only way the Lord could get me to pray for him. Right. So, yeah. Uh, but still, he, he's showing us stuff out of our heart all the time, isn't he? This is your heart. Is it wicked or is it good? Have you done what I've told you to do with it? Have you gotten rid of it? Or are you still hanging on to it? Did you let Ben and I go out and kill it and slay it? Or are you still hanging on to it? Hopefully one day you can use it again. Maybe one day that torpedo can go out of my car and it's going to be okay. Ah! Wrong! <laughs> never going to be okay. <laughs> Got to get a car without a torpedo. <laughs> uh, Father, just thank you so much, Lord, for the way that your word ministers to us. We see these things and we realize they're history and they're things that truly went on, uh, but they're also things that are there that show us our own heart and show us our own ways. And we're just thankful, Lord, that there's forgiveness with you that there's that gift of repentance that you give us, Lord, to repent and for, to turn from our ways and to let your ways be more and more 
Uh, we want more of you and less of us. So Lord, help us with it and, and continue to show us, Lord, so that we can get rid of those things, so that we wouldn't be like a Joab or an Abiathar or, or a Shimei, that we wouldn't hold on to those things for years and years and then finally let them come out and think that they're okay, that once they're wrong, they're always wrong. So Lord, help us with it and help us to walk in truth, Lord. If we have those things, Lord, we, we ask for forgiveness and we come to you and repent for those things, Lord. But help us with it. We, we know that without you, we can't do anything, but with you, all things are possible. And so with you, Lord, help us to get rid of those things because we know it's not impossible for you, but it is for us. So help us to get rid of those things, Lord. We love you, we thank you, and thank you for warning us. Thank you for letting us know. Thank you for telling us. Thank you that you always want the right things for us. Just like David wanted the right things for, for Solomon and told him to get rid of those things. Thank you, Lord, that your word tells us to get rid of those things in our life that aren't good for us and to let go of them. And Father, thank you that you always prepare us for it and tell us. Uh, help us to be faithful, Lord. We want to be faithful stewards of what you've given us. And we thank you in Jesus' name and for his glory. In Jesus' name, amen.